0: Certainly a a great tie-in in in regard to what we're going to be talking about. I'm sure it's no coincidence. Richard certainly picks songs in keeping with the message. But we're going to be taking a look at solitude and prayer as spiritual disciplines. I'll Kind of give us a little bit of a refresher in regard to our, our sermon series that we're in and sort of how this ties in. Solitude, prayer, these spiritual disciplines. What does that have to do with the series? We're in this series, our Advent series, Christmas Season Reboot. And really the whole idea is sort of recognizing that all too often this Advent season, this Christmas season, uh, we can get caught up in things that are not intrinsically bad. They can actually be wonderful things, wonderful ways of, of celebrating Christ and his birth. But all too often, we sort of get caught up in those and get distracted with them, the the gifts, right? The presents and the wrapping of them and, and the baking and all the food. And um, all those things are wonderful things, right? They can be great ways of celebrating. You know, we can do decorations, even as we've decorated this place, Christmas tree and the wreaths and all of it. Again, great ways of celebrating Christ. But we can get so caught up with that. And in this short period of time, you know, we're talking four Sundays, Advent season, you know, three and a half weeks or so in total. And it's a small span of time. And we so often cram all of this into this short period of time in the office parties and all those things. And that becomes the focus. And again, they're not bad things. They can be great ways of celebrating Christ. But, But all too often, the problem is that that becomes the focus. We have so much to do. Life becomes so busy so fast-paced. It's already sort of a hectic, busy lifestyle in our culture, even when it's not the Christmas season. And then you sort of add all those other obligations on, and it just becomes all the crazier. And all too often, uh, our season, our Advent season, Christmas season, becomes about those things rather than about what it's really all about, and that's Christ himself. And we all too often fail to really take the time just to sort of slow down, you know, take a little bit of a deep breath, slow down, be still, just sort of draw near to God, draw near to Christ and and focus on on Him, focus on what the season's about, that He came and He came on a mission, on a rescue mission to save us from our sin. And, And of course, apart from that, apart from His coming and going to a cross for us, well, then we would have no hope if not for that. But of course, He did come and so we do have hope of life everlasting in Him by grace through faith in Him. Of course. And so it's a wonderful season to be sort of slowing down, focusing on all of this, what it's all about, and just as we draw near to God to to worship Him, to give Him thanks. It should be a time of of spiritual rejuvenation and, and growth and time with the Lord. And again, all too often we sort of lose sight of that and we just fill it and cram it with things, again, that aren't intrinsically bad. I'm not sort of like, oh, just all negative about all the Christmas season stuff. I like decorating, I like Christmas cookies, I like presents, I like all of those things. But again, all too often that sort of uh, sidetracks us. They're not bad and we lose sight of really what this season ought to be. And so we're sort of you know taking a step back and saying, let's kinda do a little reboot on this whole Advent season and say, let's make it really what it ought to be. Let's have this Advent season for each and every one of us here, be what what it's intended to be, right? A time of not getting caught up in fast-paced life, but if anything, really slowing down and just sort of fellowshipping with God, being with him, focusing on Christ, worshipping him, right? Focusing on what it's all about, drawing near to God, having it be uh, this wonderful time of just being with the Lord, worshipping him, remembering what it's about, growing spiritually and, and, of course, being spiritually nourished as well. Uh, in the Lord. And so we're saying let's let that be what this season is all about because it's what it ought to be about. So then we sort of set the, the stage a little bit last week by looking at well if we want our advent season to be what it ought to be. We have to keep our eyes focused on what it's all about. We sort of yeah, we know what it's about. It's about Jesus, his birth, how he came here and he came of course to die. And we know that in our heads, but all too often it can kind of be easy to to lose sight of that, right? We understand it intellectually, but again, we sort of get sidetracked and lose that focus. And sort of a starting point is saying if we want this to be the season that it ought to be, well, let's make sure that we keep our eyes focused and our minds focused, our hearts focused on what it's real all about. But now, what we're going to do with this week and the two weeks to come for Advent uh, following this week, we're going to look at some spiritual disciplines that, if we practice them, if we live them out, and these aren't just spiritual disciplines for Advent season, and then, oh, you know, once Christmas comes and goes, then we can say, oh, no more with these spiritual disciplines. These are good things for every day uh, of the year, not just for the Advent season, but sort of how much more so in the Advent season ought we to sort of dive headfirst into these spiritual disciplines, which we when we live them out, will sort of help us to make this Christmas season, this Advent season, all that it ought to be. And so I wanna take a look at this week's Solitude and Prayer. Uh, And I sort of wanna look at them together, right? I know you could look at them as sort of two separate spiritual disciplines, one being solitude, prayer being the other, but I kinda wanna bring them together and have the idea of sort of getting away, being alone with the Lord so that we can be with him alone in prayer, right? So it's not just being alone for its own sake, not that that would ever be the intent in solitude as a spiritual discipline, but I particularly wanna look at it from the perspective of being alone so that we can be then one-on-one with the Lord in prayer. And we're gonna look at scripture and sort of well, you know what does the Bible have to say about this and in fact we're gonna look at the greatest example that we have Christ himself and how he models getting away being alone with the Lord so he can then go being alone pray and be with his heavenly father and just fellowship with him, just communicate with him, just be with him in prayer. So we're going to look at what scripture says. We're going to look at this example of, of Christ. And so uh, I want to, though, a little bit before we dive in, talk about solitude because it's one that, you know, you could say, well, you know, what do you have in mind, Pastor Steve, when you're talking about solitude, sort of what does that look like? There have certainly been times in the history of the church. You can sort of go back to, you know, around 300-ish AD and, you know, we'll, for some, what did solitude look like? Well, you could think of some of the early uh, desert fathers. That might not, the term might not mean anything to you. That's fine. But these were people, particularly in the area of what's, what's modern day Egypt, who said, you know, well, you know, we want to just, dis- to, in, in, in what they thought of as being faithful to the Lord, we want to sort of get away from all of life uh, and just be with God. And what that meant for them was we're just going to go into the middle of the desert uh, and we're going to live this hermit lifestyle and literally, for miles and miles there would be no other person and they would live their entire lives in this way. Just sort of 100% complete solitude, the whole of their lives, just them and the Lord, right? And that's not what I have in mind when I'm thinking of solitude or some sort of monastic life, you know, uh, that sort of a thing. Uh, Rather, what I have in mind when we're talking about solitude is just sort of, as part of each and every day, getting some time alone with the Lord, right? Sort of pushing aside all of the craziness and busyness of life and, and even, you know, people who sort of can contribute to that craziness and busyness of life and say, I'm just gonna get away from all that, get away from the distractions, and even if it's just for five minutes, even if it's for 15 minutes or an hour or whatever it may be, sort of block all of that out and say, I'm just gonna spend time alone me and the Lord just the two of us I'm going to spend time alone with him that's the kind of solitude I'm talking about and of course we're going to talk about spending that time in prayer so I'm not talking about some sort of extreme version of solitude that you see at certain times in sort of the history of the church just sort of being a hermit that kind of a thing that's not what I mean Uh, I mean sort of a different version of solitude of just getting some alone time with the Lord each and every day sort of putting aside uh, everything else and just being with him but so now let's Uh, having sort of defined that in a sense, so there's no confusion there, let's take a look at what Scripture says about solitude and prayer. And I want to turn first to the Gospel of Luke, and this is chapter 5. You can flip there in your Bibles with me. Luke chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. And here's what it says. Luke writing here, and he says, yet the news about him, and him, it's talking about Jesus here, so the news about Jesus spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Right, so I'll sort of pause there and you sort of set you know, the stage, the scene here. What's going on? You know, Jesus sort of, he's kicked off his ministry. And what's he doing? Well, he's he's teaching. And he's teaching in a way, and scripture says this, that, that the people as they heard him teach, they perceived it's like there's something different about his teaching. He teaches with authority and with power. They can just sort of sense deeply in their hearts and their souls that there's something different about this teacher than all of the other people who were teaching, right, supposedly teaching the truth about God, the Pharisees, so forth. There's something different about this Jesus they could just tell they could sense it uh, he taught in a different way with great power and authority and so word sort of spreading this this great teacher and man you know you have to hear him teach. He teaches in a way that's so remarkable and so much greater and powerful with, with such authority, more so than any other teacher you've ever heard. And not only that, hey, this great teacher, he's going around and he's doing all sorts of wonders. You know, uh, people who are sick, they're going to him, they're getting healed, right? He's casting out demons. All of these wonders, all of these signs are happening. Uh, you know, so you can imagine Galilee, Judea, the whole region, it's just sort of all a buzz and a stir, you know, who is this Jesus guy? What's he doing? Could he be the Messiah? Maybe, maybe not. You know, we know he is, but this is sort of what people would have been thinking. And so, every, you know, the whole region is just sort of all astir. Everybody's talking about it. And so what happens, people are saying, you know, hey, I got to go check this guy out. I got to go find out what he's all about, what his teaching's about. I got to go see for myself some of these signs and wonders. And so the crowds, right, they're just growing and growing. More and more people are coming to see Jesus, to hear him preach, to see the signs and wonders, to be healed. Maybe they had sicknesses and, right, they want to be healed and so more and more people were coming. It, what did Jesus do? We see in verse 16 it says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now that doesn't mean that he didn't also minister to the people who came, right? That was part of his role. It was what the father wanted him to do. Yes, to to minister to these people, to proclaim truth to them, to teach them, to, to of course heal those who were sick and cast out demons and do all those things. But that wasn't all that he needed to do, right? There was something that was even more important, as important as that ministry was, there was something that was a priority even above that that needed to take place, right? Something that Jesus cared about more and rightfully so and it was just getting away and being alone with his father. And so he did that, even as the crowds grew, even as more and more came, and that's wonderful work and ministry that laid before him, and he certainly did that ministry, but nonetheless, at times he said, I need to get away. Because there's something that's a priority, and it's just being with my Father. And so he would re- withdraw, as it says, and this was sort of a regular practice. It's not like, oh, you can find one example in Scripture where he does this." No, it says he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. right? This was a priority for Jesus to get away, even with all of this important ministry, all of this work before him. He said, "No, there's something that's a priority, and I need to get away from all of this from time to time and just go and be with my Father." In heaven and just communicate with him just have that relationship with him and talk to him converse with him in prayer right this is the example that he sets for us in regard to solitude and prayer and in a sense bringing those two together saying hey as important as all of this work is that laid before him right nonetheless it was important at times to get away to be alone to have that solitude and just be with the lord and just communicate with him just be with him in prayer Right, and as I think of our Advent season and sort of the stuff that all too often uh, fills our day is nowhere near as important as the work Jesus was doing, right, it pales in comparison if, if we're filling our day with sort of whether it's our jobs, which are important but not as important as Jesus's ministry, or we fill our day with, you know, again, sort of all the Christmas season stuff, going to the malls and the stores to buy all the gifts, and those are loving things to do for people you care about and buy them presents, and, and these are good things, but it pales in comparison to the ministry that Jesus had before him. And yet if he was willing to say, no, I need to step away from that from time to time and just go and be with my Father in heaven and be in prayer with him, well then how much more so ought we to step away from what is far less significant and important and say, hey, I just gotta step away from this and go and be alone with God. Be alone with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and just communicate with him. Have a relationship with him, talk with him, be in prayer. And certainly with it being Advent season, this is something we ought to do all year round. This isn't just for, oh, December it's Advent, or, you know, maybe sort of the the Easter season, Lenten season, those times we do that, but then, oh no, for the rest of the year. No, no, that's not, of course, how it is. This is something we ought to be doing year round, but there's a sense in which as it's Advent, all the more so shouldn't we be taking time just to go and be alone with the Lord and focus on Him and be in prayer with Him. And of course, with it being Advent and, and certainly a specific reason for this season, this Christmas season, and it's Christ and his birth, and and of course, always in view with his birth is why he came. Shouldn't we, as we get away, right, prioritize getting away and being with the Lord, but even as we're with him in prayer, as we're worshiping him, as we're communicating with him, uh, we can also be recalling to mind what this is all about, Christ's birth, and, and celebrating that and praising him and thanking him for it, for his willingness to come uh, and become one of us, and his willingness not just to become one of us, but then do what, you know, go to a cross and have the worst death imaginable, but more than just the physical death, he stood in our place and bore the wrath of God, and he did that for us, and, and just to pour forth thanksgiving and praise and worship as we remember this and celebrate it all and do this all in prayer as we just sort of come uh, near to God and fellowship with him and spend time with him alone in prayer, right? How much more so ought we to be doing this now that it's Advent season? But you see, again, it's not like this is the only verse here in Luke. Oh, this is the only place where you see Jesus kind of getting away, you know, going to lonely places so he can go and, and be with the Father. But you see it elsewhere as well. It's throughout Scripture. If you turn to Matthew chapter 14, verse 23, you can flip there if you'd like, Matthew 14, 23, and here's what it says. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. Right? So again, you got these crowds, man, they want more and more of Jesus. You know, they want to be taught. They want to be healed. They want to see, you know, all of his ministry. And and, and as important as that was, and it was important for him to do that, nonetheless, there came a time where he'd say, I'm just going to dismiss you because there's something else I need to do as well. And I need to just go and be alone, right? Going up on a mountainside, I need to go and be alone with my father and just be with him, just fellowship with him, just talk with him be alone with him. And not for some small span of time, right? doesn't mean we can't have short times where we're just sort of alone with God in prayer, even if it's just five minutes or 10 minutes, just sort of having some quiet time alone with the Lord. But but it's not like that's all it should be. Jesus routinely took long spans of time and just spent it alone with the Father, right? And that was the case here, right? Long into the night, well into the night, he's there on the mountain all by himself, all alone, just in prayer, hour after hour after hour. Right, and I'm not saying that that you're going to do that each and every day, and you know, take six hours, you know, in the middle of the night or something, and just be in prayer and never sleep. I realize that, but nonetheless, there is a pattern set here of not just getting away and going and being alone and in prayer with the Lord, uh, but doing that in a way that's very takes it very seriously, and it's not just a minute here, a minute there. That can be good and well and appropriate, but also at times really taking prolonged time just to be away from all of the busyness, sort of push that aside and say, for a prolonged period of time, I'm just going to come before the Lord and I'm just going to be alone with him and I'm just going to fellowship with him. I'm just going to be present with him and I'm going to talk to him and I'm going to worship him and I'm just going to praise him and I'm going to give him thanks and so forth and so on. I'm just going to spend that prolonged alone time with my God. And again, we continue to see this. If we go back to Luke now, but to chapter 6, Verse 12, here's what it says. One of those days, Jesus went to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Again, continuing to show, and quite clearly here he goes to this mountainside alone as well. So again, he's get, getting alone, sort of getting away from all the other stuff as good as it was ministering to people and, and teaching and preaching and right healing. As important as that was, nonetheless, he needed to get away at times and just go and pray. And again, not a short period of time, but the whole night. Right, He spends the whole night in prayer just being with his Father in heaven. Right, and this is a great example that is set for us that we ought to follow in. And I know it sounds like a tall order. Boy, that, that's, that sounds like a lot of prayer. That sounds difficult. But nonetheless, right? we should follow Christ's leading and, and recognize that uh, we need to take time out in our lives. Even if it isn't Advent season, but all the more so with it being this season of just sort of focusing on Christ. We need to be getting away, getting that solitude, that alone time with the Lord... And just spending it with him in prayer. And again, not just short periods of time. Those can be good, but also prolonged periods of time where we're just soaking up his presence. And we're just communicating with him, communicating with our God. But I want to turn to the Psalms here as well and, and sort of look at the heart attitude that really drives one to go and want to be alone and indeed go and do it and be alone and just be in prayer and converse with our God. And we see this in a couple places in the Psalms. You, you can find it elsewhere, but I chose two here. Psalm 42, and this is verses one and two, certainly well known. And here's what it says. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? And then Psalm 73, verse 25 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. And so we see here sort of the, the mindset of, of the authors of, of these psalms here, right? And, and indeed, it's the, the, the mindset of Christ himself as he goes and gets away from the crowds, right? As he leaves the crowds behind, even though that's great ministry, nonetheless, he leaves them behind to go and be with his Father in heaven, right? And the mindset is sort of, you know... Everything in this created order next to you, God, it, it doesn't even matter. You're the only one that I desire. That's what Psalm 7325 says. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. Right? Compared to God, everything that this earth has to offer, it's nothing compared to God. All I want is you and I just yearn for you and to be with you, right? That's Psalm 42, right? Is the deer pants for streams of water. So my soul pants for you, O oh God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? This just this yearning for the Lord and just wanting to be with him. And it's sort of like nothing else come even comes close to it. It's sort of all I want is the Lord. He's everything to me, and I just want to go and be with him, be in his presence, communicate with him. And that's the mindset, of course, of Jesus here that we read about in and Luke, and Matthew, that's what drove him to get away, even with the crowds, even seeing they needed to be taught, they needed to hear truth. He wanted to teach them, of course, and, and indeed he did. He wanted to heal people uh, who are afflicted by all sorts of things, and indeed he did, but nonetheless, right, God was everything to him. His Father was everything to him, and he just wanted to be with the Father, and with the Spirit, of course, as well, to be sure. He just wanted to be Right with those other persons of the Trinity. He just wanted to fellowship with them, be present with them. Everything else about this world paled in comparison to that. And so right, he was motivated, even with these crowds before him that he cared for and loved dearly. Nonetheless, his priority was God. And he just wanted to go and be with the Lord, just be with his Heavenly Father, right? And go and fellowship with him and be in prayer and communicate with him, have a relationship with him, converse with him, and not just for, you know, five minutes and then, okay, I'm done, I'll go back to my thing. But, you know, no, all night long, right? He just has such a heart for his Father in heaven that, well, he just wants to talk to him, even all night long, right? That's his, that's his mindset. That's what's in his heart. And we really ought to have that same heart as well where it's sort of our soul just yearns for the Lord, just thirsts for him, and it's sort of all we want is just to get away from all the other things that tug at our attention right, and our time and just sort of put those aside. And all we want is to take advantage of every opportunity just to be with God, just to be in prayer with him, just to talk to him, just to praise him, just to soak up his presence, just to to worship him. That's the, the heart attitude, the mindset that we ought to have. Right, but I want to talk a little bit more as well. So we sort of look at, uh, we've looked at Christ's example that he sort of sets this pattern here, of course, in regard to solitude, getting away from from all of the distractions, even if they're good things, still at times getting away from all of that and just going and being alone and in that alone time, right, with the Lord, just conversing with him and and praying, of course. We sort of looked at that in the example of Christ and we've even talked about sort of that heart attitude that underlies Uh, that behavior of going and, and wanting to be alone with the Lord and taking time out for him, right? That just deep, profound yearning of the heart for God that we see there in the Psalms. But I want to talk a little bit more about prayer and sort of how we see, and this is just all over Scripture, just how important prayer is, right? That it needs to be a priority in our lives. And I'm just going to look at a few verses here, but you can find it all over Scripture. And so I want to look first at Romans chapter 12, verse 12, and here's what it says rejoice in hope be patient in affliction be persistent in prayer right prayer is something that needs to be a priority in the life of of a child of god in the life of a believer right we need to be persistent in prayer it's not something that we should just do every now and then you know I guess I need something from God so I'll sort of like shoot up a little quick prayer hopefully he can help me out and then you know then I'm done I'm good until the next problem comes along no we ought to be persisting in in, in prayer it should be part of the fabric really of our daily lives and something that that we delight in something that we yearn for that we just day after day we just want to be with God we just want to talk to him right having this love for God what would we want other than just to be with him and converse with him and have a relationship with him and talk to him and be in prayer with him. right? So we're to persist in prayer. Colossians chapter four verse two says much the same thing. It says, devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful right this to be this great devotion to prayer it's not like again it's sort of this peripheral thing in sort of our, our walk with with the Lord where every now and then we do this whole prayer thing but but no big deal you know um, no this is sort of at the core of, of our faith and, and and how we live out our faith that uh, prayer ought to be again part of the fabric of our lives of our daily lives where out of a love for God we just want to talk to him we want to come before the Lord in prayer right we want to talk to him we want to hear what he has to say to us and we just love him so much that we wouldn't want anything else and so we're just going to devote ourselves to it faithfully that ought to be how we live out our faith and live out our lives as followers of the Lord and again we see this elsewhere and you could pick many more passages as I said I just picked three but you can find it everywhere and this is first Thessalonians Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Again, we see the importance of prayer, right? Pray continually, a little more literally, pray without ceasing, right? You might say, well, you know, scratch your head at that, like uh, pray without ceasing, like how am I supposed to do that? Does that mean that, uh, you know how can i if i'm perpetually conversing with the lord and sort of talking 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 to God literally without ceasing, how can I ever focus on doing anything else? You know, how could one do that? Uh, While Paul wrote this, was he at the same time praying and saying things to God? How does that work, right? How could one possibly pray continually or without ceasing? And I'd say what Paul has in mind is not sort of actively talking in prayer 24 seven, literally without ever ceasing for the whole of your life. And then of course, how could you ever devote yourself to any other aspect of the faith and, and, and whatnot if you're perpetually focused on that. Paul doesn't mean that, but what he means is is really that there is sort of a uh, perpetual um, connection conversationally with the Lord, that sort of we're perpetually all the time without ceasing sort of connected to the Lord and, and sort of tuned into him in a sense. Uh, a good way to put it is sort of, not that we're always talking to the Lord, but if you sort of put it in phone terms, uh, we're always sort of both the Lord of course, but also us, uh, on the line, right? We're not hanging up the phone after we talk to the Lord, you know, hey, I have some requests, blah, 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 this is what I need from you, God, that's great, thanks, amen, and then we sort of hang up, and now we sort of cut off that connection conversationally with the Lord, where hey, if he now wants to say something to us or communicate with us, well, I hung up the phone. I'm not listening. I've sort of checked out from conversing with the Lord till I need something and then I'll you know, pick up the phone again and I'll, I'll say to God whatever I want and, and so forth. But the mindset is sort of we're always on the line, even if we're not actively talking to the Lord. It's sort of we're always connected conversationally with the Lord, always sort of tuned into him such that as we're living out daily life Right? as God speaks to us or guides us and directs us in some sort of way, well, we're, our hearts, our minds, we're sort of tuned into him, right? And so we hear his leading and nudging to go and do this or do that, and we faithfully hopefully go and follow and obey. Uh, or again, from the other perspective, not just God talking to us, and we're sort of tuned into him. We get, you know, We're on the line the whole time, just as God is, right? And so he's talking to us, and we're listening all the time. But also, even as we're just sort of living life and doing things, because we're always on the line with God, sort of a perpetual, never-ending conversation or phone call with the Lord, as life just happens, we just talk to God, right? As, as things happen in life, right, it's not like, oh, now I need to go and, and start up a conversation with the Lord. It's sort of, well, I'm always in conversation with the Lord, right? He's always right there with me, and I can always talk to him, and sort of, it's as if perpetually I'm in conversation with God, and it never ends, and so as life happens, I'm just going to talk to God, because I'm always in conversation with him, and I've, I'm have i never hanging up the phone. That, I think, is Paul's mind Mindset of praying continually, praying without ceasing, that sort of, uh, in a sense, as a follower of the Lord, your whole life is uh, a never-ending conversation, is characterized by a never-ending conversation with the Lord. You're never really hanging up the phone and saying, you know, I'm checking out, and I'm not going to listen to you, and I'm done with this conversation, but sort of we're always on the line as as the Lord is, and, and it's sort of a, an ongoing, never-ending conversation as we live out our lives. That's sort of the pray continually or pray without ceasing that I think uh, Paul has in mind, in mind here, and it shows the importance of prayer. That this is something Thing, right? Sort of this uh, conversational connection with God that, that we ought to exhibit and ought to be present all the time. It shows the importance of prayer, the importance of, of Uh, communication with the Lord and it's something that as we see here ought to be sort of part of the fabric of our lives and lived out in in every moment right Uh, not just when you're in solitude we're sort of focusing on that but even in the busyness and 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 sort of hectic nature of life right we ought to be connected to the Lord conversationally and and as things happen we should just be talking to him and we should always be listening for his voice and guidance and direction and so forth but still even though it's something that's part of the fabric of our everyday lives and we should be doing at all times and is sort of perpetual that that perpetual conversation with the Lord that doesn't mean that it isn't important and indeed it is important as we see looking at the gospels and the example of Christ still at times to get away and just be alone with the Lord right Christ set that example yes Prayer should be, in a sense, something that's continual, uh, you know, not ceasing in our lives, but at the same time, we need to take that time, not just to be in prayer when things are busy and crazy, but to be intentional about taking time away from those things and just going and being with the Lord, just one-on-one, just you and God and just talking to Him because you love Him, because you have a heart for Him, as we see in the Psalms, and you just have such a passion for God, and, and your soul just thirsts for Him in His presence, and, and, and just to, to communicate with him and be with him and be in relationship with him that you just are motivated to go and put all that other stuff aside and just you want to be with God. You want to get alone. You want to block out the distractions and just be with the one who matters immeasurably more than anything else. And so you just want to be with him and be in prayer and communicate right? And in that solitude and in that prayer, especially again as we're sort of talking about Advent, right? Not that this is something we just do during Advent. You only get away and do the whole prayer thing in Advent and then you're done, right? Of course that's not the idea. This should be part of our lives every time of the year and every season. But in Advent, in a sense, it's sort of how much more so in this special season, this special time of the year. And of course as we come before the Lord in this solitude and prayer, it's natural to sort of have a special focus as this is a season dedicated to something in particular and that's Christ himself and specifically his coming to this earth as we take this time alone with the Lord. There ought to be this special focus as we just sort of converse with God as we're in prayer. Uh, There should be a special focus on Christ and his birth and just taking that time to to sort of remember Christ and what he did and just have a sense of awe and wonder just to marvel and say I can't even believe that this took place I know it's true and yet it's so amazing that that God high exalted came down and and became one of us it should blow our minds and we should be in awe to say and he did that out of love for me Even in spite of all of my filth and sin and wretchedness, yet he loves me and he came and he died for me and just be blown away and just overflow with wondrous thanksgiving and say, I'm just so in awe of you, Christ, and I just want to thank you and I want to praise you and worship you as my Lord, my God, my Savior, and just celebrate you and celebrate what you have done. And so I really want to challenge us this Advent season, not to just have it be, you know, another Advent season where... You have some fun with, you know, the Yankee Swap stuff and the Secret Santas and, you know, decorating. And that's all good and fine and well and I enjoy those things. But have it be an even greater season than just enjoying those things. Have it be a season of really enjoying the Lord himself where you really do get away and go as you get away then go and pray. Where you take that time to get away and pray, be alone with the Lord, draw near to him and just fellowship with him Just experience the joy of being with God, just enjoying his presence, enjoying having that wondrous relationship with him as a child of his. Enjoy that. Rejoice and experience peace and satisfaction in that. And in that prayer, just worship, right? Just praise, just celebrate Christ and what he's done. And it's just a great satisfaction, contentment, and joy that will come from that. And so I want to challenge us to really faithfully live it out, to take time each and every day, uh, this Advent season, or at least what remains of it, take that time to have a little solitude. Again, I'm not saying you've got to go in, into the middle of the desert like some of those early Christians did. You can find a little solitude just, you know, maybe in, in your office, in your home or something, and you can just take a little time. Just you and the Lord, just go and be alone with the Lord. Just focus on Him have some conversation with him, talk to your Lord, your God, your Savior, and and know that the result of all of that will be honoring God, right? He deserves to be honored at all times, but again, how much more so in the Advent season? Shouldn't he be honored and glorified and exalted for who he is and, of course, for, for all that he did coming, of course, here. Christ coming here to die and to rescue us. Shouldn't he be honored and worshipped and glorified in all of that? And so if we take the time to do this, to really be alone with the Lord in prayer and worship him and exalt him in that time of uh, of aloneness and prayer with the Lord, right? he'll be exalted, he'll be honored, he'll be glorified in that. But also there'll be great blessing for us because there really truly is... Uh, For those of us who really love the Lord, and I know we're a people who love the Lord, uh, when we spend time with God, when we just worship him, there is a joy that comes from that because he's our everything. He means the world to us. He means immeasurably more than anything else. Just then taking the time to be with him, to worship him, to celebrate him. Brings great joy and satisfaction and true joy is really only found in him. And so this great blessing for us, God's going to be honored in it as he rightfully deserves. But if we do this, if we hear the challenge of solitude and prayer and live it out, we're going to be blessed too. We're going to experience joy. This will be the season that, that it ought to be. And that will mean joy, blessing, peace for us. right? And God certainly honors those who are faithful to him. And so there will be abundant blessing in every way. And so I want to challenge us to live this out, to really spend that time alone with the Lord in prayer. And even having in mind, as we looked at the psalm, sort of the, the heart attitude that drives one to do that, a good starting place is to say, if we want to live out this application, to say it really starts with coming before the Holy Spirit and saying, give me the heart that we saw here in Psalm 42 and Psalm 73. Give me that heart, Holy Spirit, that just yearns for you, that thirsts for you, God, that just day after day, moment after moment wants nothing more than you, Lord, and just to be with you, right? That's the starting place to say, Holy Spirit, give me that heart attitude. Give me that passion and love and deep and profound thirsting for you that then that out of that, I might be motivated to go day after day and just spend that time with you and honor you in that and be blessed as well. So let's do it for the glory of God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord thank you for this season Lord Jesus thank you for your example that we saw in Luke here and in, in Matthew as well you have set the pattern for us you have shown us the way and we are called to set aside all of the busyness and other obligations in life at times and just go and be with you Lord God. Be alone with you and pray, communicate and all too often we know we get caught up in all of the obligations and and particularly at this time of year where we have all the more obligations, all the more things that we feel we need to get done and, and all too often the thing that we push aside winds up being what's most important and it's you and that time with you. I pray that that wouldn't be the case this Advent season, that we would take seriously the example you've set before us in regard to solitude and prayer, that day after day we should be taking that time just to be alone, to come into your presence, to talk to you, to worship you, to thank you, praise you. May we do that, Lord. Holy Spirit, give us the heart that we saw in these psalms, a heart that just profoundly, deeply yearns for you and thirsts for you above all else, so much so that it's like nothing else even matters next to you. Give us that that thirsting, that hungering for you that would drive us to go and be alone with you day after day, that you might be honored and exalted, glorified in that alone time with you, and also that we might experience blessing in that, that we might experience joy, peace, contentment, satisfaction as true joy indeed is found in you alone. And we pray this in Christ's name, amen.